Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. It is the last day of the year, December 31st, 2022. Last 12 hours of that last day of the year. Let's make two predictions on two high-profile fights, right? Two upsets, potential upsets. The betting side of the play, for me, is clear. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, let's back up a bit. Let's just talk about styles. I heard a pundit the other day, I think it was Barry McGuigan, talk about a possible matchup involving Lennox Lewis, a great heavyweight champion, versus Tyson Fury, another great heavyweight champion. Note that for me, personally, Lewis occupies a special place because, like me, Lewis is from Jamaica. He's from Yard, right? I love seeing his success. As a fan, I rooted for Lennox Lewis. Very inspirational. Plus, he supported the presidential pardon of my favorite fighter ever, Jack Johnson. But Tyson Fury, who's also historical, has legs that Lennox Lewis never had. Fury can get up on the balls of his feet and move around the ring. Fury's jab is a mobile jab, not a stationary jab like Lennox Lewis's. And Fury would be able to offset the reach advantage that Lewis had in many of his fights. Right? As a fan, I love Lennox Lewis. Love the way he carries himself. He's really one of those ambassadors for Jamaican culture. But in my opinion, Lewis would have a hard time establishing a pocket against Fury. Right? Fury would be able, in my opinion, to win that fight on his back foot. At the end of the day, even with greatness, and Lewis was a great heavyweight, historical heavyweight, styles make fights, right? Just like Tyson Fury would have the foot speed advantage on Joe Lewis, Tyson Fury would have the foot speed advantage on Lennox Lewis. Right? I think Fury's style would offset Lewis's style, even though Lewis had great ring coverage. Now, understand in betting, there are only probabilities, not certainties. Right? We won't know until we get to heaven who actually wins the fight. I'm just here telling you how I see the fight based on probabilities. Right? I was raised in a house where my dad loved Joe Lewis. When I saw Joe Lewis, right, and I came up in the Ali era, I couldn't believe how immobile he was. Right? Who knows who wins that fight? Ali, Joe Lewis. Understand, too, Joe Lewis thought Sonny Liston his buddy. 
would blow out Ali. If I had to rank the heavyweights in history, understand Liston is among the very best. He just happened to come along at the wrong time against the wrong opponent, young Ali. Right, so just understand my view before I go into this video. A fighter can be the best in his division, but have a problem against certain opponents. Right, let's remember, Thomas the Hitman Hearns knocks out Roberto Duran. I believe Duran hits the canvas face first. Hitman would then lose twice to Iran Barkley, who, of course, Duran, an older Duran, several years past his prime, ends up beating. Right? So styles make fights. You can't say this fighter beat that fighter, so that necessarily means that this other fighter over here beats the guy who beat the other guy. That's not the way. There's not as much transferability as you think. Let's also weave in the odds. Understand the world will see a Lennox Lewis, a great fighter who stopped Mike Tyson, a great fighter who beat Riddick Bowe at the Olympics, a great fighter who you and I know beat Evander Holofield twice. They call the first fight a draw, which was ridiculous. So they fought again, and Lewis beat him. Right? The world will see Lennox Lewis and will price him accordingly. They'll fall in love with him. The world believes in direct transferability. Right? But you and I are looking at styles, and you understand. A guy like Lewis, who was big for his time, I mean physically big, isn't the size of Tyson Fury. You and I understand Fury from distance could touch Lewis. Fury is as fast as Lewis in terms of hand speed. Right? Fury could fight Lewis the way he fought another Emmanuel Stewart disciple, trainee, Vladimir Klitschko. Right? The question is whether Lewis could change that dynamic. It's an open question. So, let's look at Tyson Fury, great fighter. The world now acknowledges that he's great. Understand, a few years ago, it was unclear, wasn't it? A lot of people thought Klitschko would win the rematch, which never took place because Fury lost his mind there for a few years. Right? Let's be blunt about it. And the world is in love with Devin Haney. Right? Haney and Fury, both unbeaten as I make this video, the world loves it. Loves it. When a promising fighter says, hey, I want to unify, travels halfway around the globe to fight another champion on that champion's home court, right, has the confidence to do so, even has the confidence to sign a contract that calls for a rematch, should he win, and then to deliver in both fights. Right? That's what Devin Haney did. Now, the public is going to make both of those fighters meaningful favorites. You mean I have an unbeaten champ here who has a lot of skills, 
who typically has the better legs than their opponent. Isn't that one of the huge advantages both Fury and Devin Haney have? They move better than the opponents, right? They have mobile jabs. They could hit you with a jab, move away, look good. You understand if a boxing match breaks out, who's going to be Tyson Fury or Devin Haney? Right? These are proven fighters. You show up in a sports book, the crowd's going to be with them. Right? The sports books who are just trying to profit off public sentiment. Figure it out. The sports books are trying to exploit your biases. The sports books are going to make it tough to bet on the other guy. Right? Then, of course, their narratives. Both Devin Haney and Tyson Fury are taller than their opponents. These are the big men who can move. Right? The idea is, hey, you know, you're dealing with a Tyson Fury, even a Lennox Lewis. Is that a size disadvantage? And, of course, Lewis has the mobility advantage. Same thing with Devin Haney, who's big for 135. Let's face it. He won't be able to fight at 135 much longer. Now, both are meaningful favorites in their upcoming fights. In my opinion, neither should be. In fact, their upcoming fights, Fury, Usyk, Devin Haney, Vasily Lomachenko, are remarkably similar. Right? The favorites, Fury and Haney, are the taller men who normally have better legs than their opponents. Right? What's the Fury fight where his opponent had better legs than him? What's the Haney fight where his opponent had better legs than him? Right? They've been able to live off that mobility and to profit from it. It's a big part of their success. The ability to move back right? The pocket becomes too hot. These guys will just back away, right? It's like, hey, man, I don't need to trade with Derek Chisora in the pocket. Let me just back away. Let me have this guy come into my jab. and Let me take a breather. Let me clear my head, right? The ability to do so left or right, right? Both of these guys can circle you this way, can circle you that way. Their legs take them where they want to go. But here, against Usyk, against Loma. Understand the opponents are the ones with the superior mobility. Right? The legs of a Tyson Fury, the legs of a Devin Haney, the advantages they have based on movement are gone before both of those fights start. Think about what it would take to get to that point in a fight where you're watching a Fury fight and you think, oh man, Fury's legs are gone. Fury has no movement advantage. Think about how jarring that would be if you saw that in the sixth round of a fight. Folks, you're seeing that before the fight takes place. Ditto, Devin Haney. Understand, too, it's unclear. Fight hasn't happened yet. There's uncertainty. 
right? This video is really for those who can handle a high degree of uncertainty. Just understand it's unclear whether Tyson Fury will be able to match Usyk in terms of his ability to change directions. Right, look at the Vladimir Klitschko film. You're going to see prime Tyson Fury. Right, and he's moving to his left. So then Vladimir Klitschko, who can't even throw punches, he's that overwhelmed, is seeing this big man bouncing and fainting and moving to his left, and he's frozen. He can't even throw punches. Then Tyson Fury starts moving to his right. This happens ongoing the whole fight. And Vladimir Klitschko has to reset. He doesn't even know where Fury's going to be for at least two-thirds of the fight. At least. Right? Well, understand here, the person who might be frozen might be Tyson Fury. Right? Usyk moves at least as well as Fury does. And he's a southpaw. Right? Think about the Devin Haney you know. The one who's moving away from Cambosis. Right? The one who just seems to have, you know, the ability to jump in the pocket, throw some big shots, then can move away. Right? Have you ever seen a guy successfully be able to move away from Lomachenko? Let's talk about another dynamic. As tough as Tyson Fury is, he's not a hunter. Right? Neither is Devin Haney. There's going to be no Mike Tyson dynamic in either fight. Right? They're trying to sell tickets. Fury's trying to convince you that he's going to treat small cruiserweight Usyk, who is actually bigger than Sonny Liston. Look that up. But he's going to treat small cruiserweight Usyk as if he doesn't belong in the heavyweight division. That he's going to be on his front foot, he's going to hunt him down, he's going to finish him. Right now, here's where Lennox Lewis would have the advantage on him. Right? That Lennox Lewis fight against Andrew Galata. The Lennox Lewis fight against Michael Grant. Right? Are there commensurate fights in Tyson Fury's background? Right? You know what I mean when I say a hunter. Right? Mike Tyson, Marvis Fraser. A fight where the heavyweight champ says, okay, look, I'm here to trade. I'm going to be on my front foot. I'm going to cut off the ring. Right? Understand, Mike Tyson tried that against Larry Holmes. And that's a very important fight. Tyson gets the stoppage. But understand, Larry Holmes had already lost to Michael Spinks. Holmes had already retired from the sport. Holmes gets talked into coming back to the sport. Holmes had a back foot 
Now, the Larry Holmes who fights Mike Tyson is a diminished Larry Holmes. That's not Larry during his 40-plus fight unbeaten streak, right? This is a Larry who has lost twice to Michael Spinks. Mike Tyson comes on his front foot, and Larry, who was elite, right, just past his prime. Larry's very much in that fight. Tyson couldn't cut off the ring on Larry. When Tyson did, Larry throws feints at Tyson, then is able to leave the corner. Now here you have a prime, Alexander Usyk. Folks, he's in his prime. He's already faced the seek and destroy heavyweight, Derek Chisora. Now I know, Tyson Fury just beat Derek Chisora. Just understand, Derek Chisora in today's heavyweight division is the seasoned heavyweight who comes after you physically in the first round of fights. Yes, there are those in the heavyweight division who have more first round knockouts. Deontay Wilder, right? You're at great risk against Wilder in the first round of fights, but Wilder doesn't come across the ring and hunt you. Wilder isn't Mike Tyson in the Barvis Fraser fight. Right? Derek Chisora is the fighter who physically comes across the ring and confronts you, as he did, against David Hay, as he did, against Usyk, as he did, against Joseph Parker. Right? You and I know Fury's real game is to figure you out, solve the puzzle, spend rounds at it, figure out which punch lands, figure out the timing, the sequencing, and then to dust you off. Guys go rounds against Tyson Fury, even guys without movement. How many rounds did Dillian White last? Now you throw in movement, you throw in a southpaw who fights faster, not slower, fights faster than Tyson Fury, who's going to be able to duck under dodge Fury's jab, right? There's a 3D dynamic to avoiding a, a jab. A guy with superior foot speed can stay outside let you throw punches, then come in between the punches. A lefty, it's hard to land a jab on a lefty who knows how to move. Right, so, let's just get ridiculous here. Let me, under, let me underscore this too. The Devin Haney fight is even more critical because not only does Loma have better legs than Devin Haney and are you certain Devin Haney is going to know what to do against a guy with better legs than him. Won't Devin Haney be in uncharted waters in the first round? But understand, at least in the Fury fight, Fury is ambidextrous. Not that Fury's left is going to matter that much because 
He'll go southpaw against a southpaw who moves better than him. Usyk's too fast to have a guy go to his off-hand stance. Slow him down. Well, with Devin Haney, what happens when Loma, who is ambidextrous, who might not have the punch, but who can be more of a hunter than Devin Haney on his front foot? Right, Devin Haney is going to be dealing with a guy who might be hunting him, who has the superior legs. Nicholas Walters was a hardcore knockout puncher, Jamaican, right? Hardcore knockout puncher, was unbeaten, unbeaten when he faced Loma, right? Had beaten people like Danito Denier, who gave, in a way, his toughest fight, right? That first Denier, in a way, fight is, in a way, his toughest fight. I mention in a way because he's one of the very best in boxing, unbeaten knockout punching champion. Well, folks, just understand, Nicholas Walters, the knockout puncher, is backed up against the ropes by a front foot heavy, Loma. Understand how devastating Loma is on his front foot. And understand, Loma had a bad shoulder for the Teofimo Lopez fight and fought the wrong strategy. He's on his back foot. You needed the Loma who fought Nicholas Walters against Teofimo, right? Well, let me just say this. Loma goes through a series of fights, including that Nicholas Walters fight, where guys just flat out quit. They were pinned by Loma. Loma's in front of them. They couldn't find Loma because Loma moves well. Loma's stamina is legendary in the sport. Right? As you analyze this fight and you look at the age and you say, oh man, this dude's in his 30s at lightweight. Right? Just to understand, Loma trains with Usyk. Both of them are among the top in boxing in terms of stamina. So what happens if Loma, after figuring out that he moves better than Devin Haney, that Devin Haney can't land his jab on him? that Devin Haney doesn't have the punch that Teofimo Lopez has to keep Loma outside, right? I, I give Teofimo credit on that fight. That was a great fight by Teofimo. I don't think Devin Haney can reproduce that fight. I think there's going to be a moment in this fight where Loma decides to come inside, where his opponent's not going to know what angle the punches are coming from because Loma has the widest breadth of punches in the game right now. Right? Loma gets inside. You don't know where the shots are coming from. All you know is that it's hand speed. Loma also has, can we say this here? Can we acknowledge this? A visual game that is very appealing to judges. Right? You see him, he's not necessarily hitting an opponent that hard. He doesn't have the punch. But you see him and you notice, my God, whatever this guy is doing, he looks good doing it. Now, Will Chamberlain, 
Great athlete. One of my all-time favorites. Used to say no one roots for Goliath. Right? I'm just telling you, no one roots for Goliath. I've seen fights where a Goliath is very much in the fight. And the crowd is fawning over his opponent, George Foreman, Jimmy Young. Right now, I'm just telling you that if the shorter guy, and of course, Loma, Usyk, have never been KO'd. If the shorter guy has negated the taller guy's foot speed in these fights and is landing flush shots, right? Didn't you just see Usyk landing straight left hands on Anthony Joshua? You remember the Tony Bellew Usyk fight? You remember how that fight ends? Wow, was that straight left good enough for you? When you see a shorter guy who's getting by on boxing mastery, making you miss, right? Moving around the ring, changing the angle, landing punches in bunches, then moving away, right? Understand how bad Loma can make you look. Loma had a fight where he stops and he starts motioning not even to the referee. He starts motioning to the guy's corner to end the fight. You're watching the fight and you're thinking, my God, this looks like Larry Holmes against Ali. Right? Looked like Loma was so comfortable in the pocket that Homeboy could actually start a dialogue in the middle of the round with the fighter's corner. You know, there's a fight there where Floyd Mayweather got so comfortable. I think the fight was on HBO. Floyd Mayweather got so comfortable in the fight that he happened to be over by the side of the ring where the announcers were. And Floyd, in the middle of the round, started talking to the announcers. Right, folks? That's devastating when a favorite does it. If an underdog does that, if Loma starts talking to the corner, right? Who's in Devin Haney's corner? His dad? If Loma starts motioning to the crowd, if Loma starts talking to the announcing team, Loma, who today is a plus 175 underdog, will likely win the fight on the scorecards. Right, people... You know, boxing's an expectation game. You go into a fight and the underdog, the guy who's a greater than a plus 150, and understand a plus 150 means the market is giving that fighter a 40% chance. 40% chance of winning the fight. So Loma, where he's a plus 175, <laughs> is getting less than a 40% chance of winning the fight. Now I've said, the best bets sometimes make themselves, right? If you're in a sports book and they post odds and it's a fight in Loma's division, right? He's not fighting Terrence Crawford or some dude who outweighs him. He's at 135 and they tell you, yeah, the odds currently give Loma a less than 40% chance 
you don't have to be Einstein or Notre Dame. So you're going to say, hey, that sounds like compelling odds to me because you understand there's a distinct possibility that Loma's going to have the faster hands, the better legs, the better front foot. I believe he has all of that against Devin Haney. This isn't a condemnation at all of Devin Haney's career. I admire Devin Haney. I think he's an excellent fighter, right? He's a young guy who is trying to be great, right? Unfortunately, when you're a competitor and you're trying to be great, you're going to run into tough competition. Let's also talk about, really, how close we are, and it's dangerously close, to having boxing history made. Right? You mean to tell me that the guy with the most belts right now at heavyweight is a former undisputed cruiserweight champ who's unbeaten, who also was an Olympic champion? Right now, folks, just understand it's very rare to have two unbeaten guys with a share of the heavyweight title go head-to-head, -head. right? I know that happened with Anthony Joshua and Joseph Parker, right? But understand there, we all understood. Joshua and Parker were young. These were young champions starting out their careers, right? This is a fight involving two 30-something-year-olds at the top of their game. Tyson Fury, the best champ in a long time. Right? When I say historical, understand I have to go back to Lennox Lewis. Right? I view, of all the recent champs, right? Uh, understand Lewis is so good, in my opinion, that you really have to view things as a since Lennox Lewis, who was a great champion. Who are the great champions out there, right? For me, personally, based on skill set, Vitaly Klitschko's on the list, right? Because Vitaly could lean backwards. Guys had a hard time reaching him, right? When have you ever seen Chris Ariola, one of the most active heavyweights, right? Those a lot of punches have a hard time reaching a guy. Then you look on the Vitaly Klitschko resume and you realize Vitaly Klitschko is fighting guys in their backyard. And he made some damn good fighters. Tomasa Demick look pedestrian. Right? Look pedestrian. After the fight, in the ring, I believe Chris Ariola, I believe that fight takes place in California. And Chris Ariola was asked about the fight, and he said, that guy kicked my ass, basically. Right? Vitaly Klitschko, legendary fighter. Then you have Tyson Fury. Right? Understand. The Vladimir Klitschko Fury fight, and that's when Klitschko's an active fighter. He hasn't taken a year off out of the ring. Right? You, you understood that Vladimir Klitschko simply didn't have Fury's legs. So here you have a real heavyweight. Right? Dare I say a great heavyweight. One of the reference points for the division, 
right? You heard me mention Joe Lewis earlier, right? You heard me mention Jack Johnson earlier, right? Every now and then, some heavyweight champ comes where you say, you know, this guy is historical. You have a historical heavyweight champ here, right? Still unbeaten. Now, you mean to tell me that Usyk is literally one fight away from possibly beating a guy who many, myself, view as historical and being undisputed at cruiser and heavy, right? I recognize there's a light heavyweight crowd out there, right? Ezra Charles kills a man in a light heavyweight fight. Decides he's too dangerous at light heavyweight. Goes up to heavyweight, beats Joe Lewis, for crying out loud. Right? Michael Spinks, unbeaten. Light heavyweight champ, goes up to heavyweight and beats Larry Holmes, for crying out loud. Right? But understand, this is different. Usyk... The Olympic gold medalist, like, by the way, Michael Spinks. Let's recognize Spinks, right? Usyk, undisputed at Cruiser, right? Cruiser, by the way, came to be after Ezra Charles, right? So it's in between, light, heavy, and heavy, right? Undisputed at Cruiser is literally one fight away from being undisputed at heavy, Right, just understand, if Usyk beats Fury, you're talking about a legendary fighter that is going to be hard for future generations to process. And he would have done it by beating Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. Right, so in that historical fight, all I could say is, we assume size matters, right? The base case for Fury is he's the heavyweight. Fury's telling you, this guy's too small. I'm going to hunt him down. But Fury is not a hunter. This is not Joe Fraser, where bell rings and you know Joe is going to be in your face. You know there's going to be some part of the first or second round where Joe's going to be deep in the pocket trying to take your head off with left hooks. Right? That's not Tyson Fury. So if you know the fight's going to go rounds, if you know his opponent has never been knocked out, at some point, don't you have to start saying to yourself, okay, what are the scenarios in the fight? You're going to know early, by the way, whether or not Tyson Fury, who, like Ali, who got dropped by Sonny Banks, who got dropped by Henry Cooper, Fury doesn't have the best chin, does he? Right, by the way, Lennox Lewis dropped by Oliver McCall. Right? Drop by Haseem Rockman. Just understand, if this fight ends up being a boxing match and not a bigger man against smaller man shootout, if a boxing match breaks out, 
What are the odds if I told you the fight necessarily ends by decision? What are the odds that Tyson Fury wins the decision over the underdog in a world where nobody roots for Goliath? And you understand for this fight to go the distance, that means Fury is going to be doing a lot of swinging and missing. Right? So, the casinos are telling you that Lomachenko and his stablemate, Alexander Usyk, are underdogs. Right? Think about that. You're getting Loma and Usyk as underdogs in championship boxing matches. They're telling you they're underdogs against Tyson Fury, who's had problems with Steve Cunningham. I'm going to mention him till the cows come home. Right? Otto Wallen. Uh, that fight is a must-watch. Right? Fury gets cut. Fury realizes he cannot stay in the middle of the ring with Otto Wallen. Now, I'm not saying Otto Wallen is the greatest heavyweight ever. What I'm saying is athletes who can move give Tyson Fury a hard time. Fury has to literally get up close on Otto Wallen. I'm sure Wallen looks at the replays of that fight and thinks, what was I doing allowing myself to get pinned on the ropes? You know, that's not going to happen with Alexander Usyk, who now has the benefit of looking at that film, right? Who dealt with a more aggressive Derek Chisora. Let's sound really crazy here. Chisora, style-wise, was a tougher matchup for Alexander Usyk, and that's a close fight. That is Tyson Fury, right? Usyk makes Fury look like a 6'9 guy. This is almost like basketball, where 6'9 guys, unless they're blessed, right? LeBron used to be blessed for years and made the all-defensive team. Unless the guy's LeBron James. 6'9 guys typically can't stick the 6'6", 6'5", Jordan, Kobe-type guys, right? Because the shorter guy's just too coordinated. Understand Usyk is so coordinated that he might make Fury look like he's 6'9 and unable to move with him. Right? You might start giving Usyk rounds based on the movement. Let me close by saying this. Uh, I like Usyk and Loma against Fury and Haney, two great fighters. You got to take sides. I like the underdogs. I'm being compensated for the risk. The casino doesn't even have to finish the sentence for me. They say, hey, we're, we're, giving, <laughs> we're giving Lomachenko less than a 40% chance of winning this fight. I'm like, hey, where's the line? I'm like, hey, it's okay. No need to twist my arm. It's okay. I'm in already. Right? You're telling me. Now, I haven't seen the formal lines on the... Fury-Usyk fight. I suspect I'm going to hear the same thing. Right? Folks, that's absurd. The guys with the better legs 
are the underdogs. I'll hedge the play with the over. What does that tell you? It means I don't expect Fury to be able to come across the ring, find, find Alexander Usyk and take him out before the over-under. I'm expecting a fight to develop. Same thing with Devin Haney. Right? So, for you, the viewer, research how many rounds Otto Wallen went with Fury. Right? There's a big moment in that Usyk-Joshua rematch. Joshua comes out, I believe it's round nine, and lands some shots. The crowd is into it. There's a stir in the crowd. That was a fight where we thought size would matter. Right? Joshua is a big athletic guy with a bigger punch, by the way, than Tyson Fury. Right? Joshua comes out. Joshua looks like he's clubbing. Usyk. Now, here's the question for people watching this video. Was Usyk dazed and confused in that round? Was Usyk lucky to make it to the bell in that round? Or was Usyk expecting an onslaught from Joshua? Was Usyk a guy who has his hands up in place? to absorb Joshua's punishment. Did Usyk understand? This guy doesn't have the stamina I have. This is this guy's last stand. Let me let him throw himself out. Let me let him in what the judges thought was a close fight. Win this round. I'll just come back the next round. I'll just finish strong. I thought Josh, I thought Usyk in that fight won the 10th, 11th, and 12th rounds. I saw the latter, not the former, right? Are you sure a guy who can beat Joshua in the championship rounds, 10th, 11th, and 12th rounds, should even be an underdog against Tyson Fury, given the style at which Usyk fights? Right? You understand, if it's a slugfest where the guys are just hitting each other, it's hard to bet against Anthony Joshua. But you understand, that's not the way Usyk fights. There's movement. There's feints. The guy sets you up so he's landing flush punches. Right? The guy looks like he's a master. You look at him fight and you say, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. Whether he's winning the round or not, this guy knows what he's doing. This is Fury's toughest fight in a career where he has fought Vladimir Klitschko and Deontay Wilder. I know some of you disagree with me, but both of those guys are clear Hall of Famers. Both of those guys are multi-year heavyweight champions. Right? Understand what Fury did. He stops Wilder in two different fights. Right? Wilder's been knocked out by nobody else, right? His only knockout losses, his only losses are to Tyson Fury, right? From this seat, I don't think 
Fury can knock out Alexander Usyk. I think Usyk's too slippery. I think Usyk's more athletic than him. I think the same thing of Lomachenko. I think it's meaningful that these two Ukrainians train together. I like the underdogs in both of those fights. I'll hedge it with the over. I'm expecting both fights to go several rounds. Let me hear from you. Happy New Year. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this YouTube video. Thanks for stopping by.